Okay, now I know what you're all thinking. How has Jim Sterling made his life a farce this week? Well, before we started recording, I wanted to go check the mail, which is down a flight of stairs. So I head out of my front door and go down the stairs to the mail area. And what do I do? Instinctively, I put my hand on the guardrail on the stairs. Because I was told that was safe. Oh, the recently reinforced guardrail on the stairs. Yeah, don't worry, it's actually not a problem with the guardrail. It's a problem with all this time, all these years, I'm thinking it's the safe thing to do. And then realising as I drag my trotter down that wooden banister that I am smearing COVID all over myself, (laughs) quite obviously. Quite obviously. So... I checked the mail, nothing, nothing there for me. Um, go up the, rather than use the handrail, I then scurry up the uh, stairs on all fours like some sort of round <laughs> hound um, and realise that because uh, my, my hands have been just covered in COVID-19, right. that I better go wash my hands. So I uh, head into the bathroom and think, okay, I've got a choice at this point because I really, really, really suddenly need the bathroom. I can think about the short-term gains or the long-term gains here. (laughs) And honestly, I really worried that I might do myself a brown mischief, so I I, I went with the the short-term. But then realised the sink's right next to me, so I'm there shitting and washing my hands at the same time, which is like the dirtiest and cleanest thing you can do. I became an anomaly. You were an Ouroboros of cleanliness. I was very much that. I was a snakey in its own tail, although I'm glad I physically wasn't doing that because I was pooing. So I wash my hands and then while, you know, releasing, um, so I don't, you know, encounter any any, um, brown ridicule and finish up finish the job, do the old wipe in, and then, of course... Washed your hands again. I mean, I'm just saying, (laughs) when are we, as a nation, at last, going to talk about my water bill? (laughs) Let's actually look at those... It's not about you, Conrad. It's about those affected. Okay? (laughs) So that was my week. I do have to wonder, though, how, you know, for people... Like, I don't pay a water bill. Um, That's covered by my landlord so yeah i don't worry about it i haven't had to think about it and that's been the case for gosh i think just about every apartment i've had in the last five years at least Hmm. but it just now occurred to me oh my god yeah water usage is gonna have spiked i I would expect from all of this uh hand washing i am so thankful that all of my utilities are like fixed rates where they don't go up and down depending on how much i use because i'm like Oh, yeah, I can wash my hands as paranoidly as I need to all day, every day, and nothing's going to be a problem. Fixed rates. Wow. I remember that term from my childhood. (laughs) Wow. That's amazing, Laura. It's like like you've got the last unicorn. You've got a fixed rate. When I when I finally get round like back to England, can I come round and see it? Can I come round and see your fixed rate? Oh, you can admire my fixed rate all day, oh, Jim. That's gonna be amazing. I'll, I'll give you the best possible view of my fixed rate. I'll take a photo of that. I'll give it to my grandchildren. I'll say this is what a oh, fixed no, no, rate no. used to look like. No, Jim, J- Jim, oh. you don't take photos of my fixed rate. That fixed rate's just for you to look at. Oh, you, oh okay. you don't sh- you don't share my fixed rate around. It's a, it's a secret fixed rate just for me. <laughs> 
So that's that's what I've got to look forward to. And it's very important in these uncertain times to have things to look forward to, is it not? It is It is indeed, e- even if they're none of the things we thought we were going to be looking forward to a couple of months ago. Yeah, even if it's just death. I mean, ideally there'd be some things along the way before then. Well, you'd have a wank. Yeah, some coughing, some... I mean, I'd, I'd hope a few wanks. Intestinal distress. Uh, you know, the things that make you really want the death. You have no idea how much wanking's going to happen when there's finally privacy round <laughs> All these weeks in quarantine with no privacy, it's not a good time for any of us in this building. Oh, goodness. But I, I am out of here soon. I, I, I hope you get to have the mightiest wank Thank when you, you get out. We took an opportunity to uh, relocate so over this weekend. Um, because it's literally, it's untenable here. I can't work in this fucking building. Your floor is splintering. There are jagged splinters where, where bits of floor once were. Yeah, that's, that's been a creeping issue. Um, yeah, it's, it's dangerous physically and mentally in here as far as I'm concerned. Um, so we, we found a good place, a very good place actually. So, you know, looking forward to it. Very relieved, and I expect, honestly, it'll uh, see an uptick in the quality of my work as well. Huzzah. If not, if if for no other reason than I can actually, you know, shout and yell, which I, <laughs> I, I, I do hear, um, fearfully, and fearful, fearful yelling is bad. Fearful yelling is what you do outside of Baskin Robbins when you haven't had your hair cut. Oh no. So, uh, anyway, I understand that some video games at times are great and at other times are perfect. C- can I tell you about a great and or perfect video game that I think is the video game equivalent of where you're currently living? Okay, that's good, because because earlier in the week I watched the film equivalent. <laughs> I, I watched The Money Pit and just spent my <laughs> whole, the whole film thinking, same. Um, so oh. I'd love to see the video game equivalent as well. Oh, so you know how last week we were talking about that Cooking Mama game on the Switch that like has had all that weirdness around it? Oh, yeah, I s- you, you did a review of that on Polygon. Polygon let me do a review of it because I, I got my hands on one and they paid enough money to justify hours of my life to this. Yeah, I mean, did, did you get it on like a burner switch? Oh, I, I legitimately had a little like USB desk fan pointed at my dock just in case <laughs> and was like every now and then just like putting my hand on it like, you doing all right, switch? You holding up? Yeah. I, I appreciate the risk you've taken to tell us about Cooking Mama Cook Star. Yeah, so we'll, we'll start with... On the surface, it does look like a Cookin' Mama game. Mm-hmm. It has all the things you would expect to see in a Cookin' Mama game. There is a woman who looks like Mama. There are recipes to do. You do motions of various kinds to do the recipes. You know, Cookin' Mama stuff. Uh, where do we even start with the problem? So I should probably start with the motion controls. Well, um, I, I think the biggest problem is you said there's a woman who looks like Mama, which implies to me... It's not Mama. It's someone dressed up to snatch the kids. I'm going to get to that. I don't okay. think it's actually Mama. Oh, my God. <laughs> but all right. We'll get there. We'll yeah. get there. So, first of all, the main way to control this game is motion controls. And I'm not opposed to motion controls in a Cooking Mama game when they're done properly. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed the touchscreen controls on the DS games, you know, that you, you can see if your stylus is where the stylus was supposed to be. You've got feedback of how close you were to the right place, you know. 
Uh, on the Wii, you had the pointer. That worked well because you could see, like, oh, am I too far to that side, too far to that side? You had, like, a centering point. I remember people liked that cooking mama on the Wii. Yeah, the sensor bar was, like, a great way. Like, I loved pointer stuff on on the Wii. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, the sensor bar gave your controller something to... to Center itself on, so it could usually read your motions pretty right. Yeah, it's pretty pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. So this one's just hot garbage in terms of its motion controls. Um, I've tried playing the game like moving my controller slowly. I've tried shaking it frantically. I've tried everything in between. Sometimes it just doesn't register your movements, no matter what you do. Um, I played it on stream the other day, and I all I had to do was turn the controller 90 degrees to pour some salt into a dish. I spent a minute turning my controller 90 degrees again and again, and just, no, no salt's pouring. Because mm-hmm. wow. sometimes it just fundamentally doesn't work. Great. Sounds great. That's a great start, yeah. huh? Uh-huh. Uh, you, you can play it with non-motion controls. Uh, you don't have the, the option for touchscreen in handheld, which seems weird and sucks. Yeah. Um, the... The button and analog stick controls are better, but not great. I have tried multiple controllers on the Switch that I know don't have drift issues, like my Pro Controller, and this game will just not read analog stick directional puts correctly. Sometimes I will push the controller up, like, I will have three or four inputs in a row where it's like, push the controller up, I press it, and it's like, no, you broke your hand, you, you, you did it wrong, you, 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 you've you kneaded the bread wrong, you've got a cramp now. Okay, so f- no matter which control scheme you're using, it, it just doesn't work. Yeah, the analog stick ones are more accurate, more reliable, but not perfect. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of the content is recycled from old games, and it plays worse in this one than in the past games. Right, naturally. Um, the stuff that is new recipes basically has the same four or five steps just re-flavoured over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, we're, g- we're gonna d- wiggle your hand up and down to chop the potato. Now it's wiggle your hand up and down in the same motion to chop the onion, and it'll sort of chop in the exact same way. We just reskinned the texture. Well, to some extent, I get that because that's what cooking is. Uh, yeah, it's a lot but of that. I, I, okay, that you're you're right that a lot of it is cook the ingredients. But I, I gave a bad example there. Just fundamentally, you will see the same like six or seven steps. Right, there's just not a lot that they've done to add yeah. variety. You know, I, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's there's very few recipes where you do anything other than chop the vegetables, and you it doesn't matter, you just have to wiggle as fast as you can. There's no, like, angles oh. or anything. Um, there is the step where it, you press the analog stick and press the buttons to put the thing in and out of the, uh, the oven, changing the temperature every two seconds. Um, there is sawing the, the, the loaf of bread, and then if you're lucky, you might get to twirl the analog stick to mix something. Ooh. And every recipe is just those same steps shuffled in a different order over and over. Mm. Like, there is just no variety to be found. But bigger, a bigger problem than all that, the, the more fundamental issue with this game is the way progression in it works. And by that I mean, it looks like there's a progression system, but there's not. You can fail every single step of every single recipe and still unlock every cosmetic and every new recipe on the first attempt. Okay. You could you could literally unlock every cosmetic reward in this game and every recipe in this game by pressing A 
putting your controller down and not doing anything in the, the minigame. Right. Pressing A to move to the next one. Let it do nothing. And you get ev- everything. Now, I don't want to defend this game, but... Yeah. To be fair... Yeah. You can automatically unlock everything in other games. It's just in this one, it's free. I mean, yeah, there's that. <laughs> now that I've made my pithy little joke uh, and that's all done, uh-huh. now you can go back to telling us that it's bad because it sounds awful. Yeah, so it gets worse than that even. So let's talk about the system of st- the star rating it gives you. So there's you can get one, two or three stars on a recipe and that seems like, you know... Like, a nebulous uh, bad amount, a nebulous good amount in the middle, and a nebulous best amount at the top? Yeah. No. One star is for if you do nothing. If you don't touch the controller, you get one star. If you do anything but fall short of perfection, you get two stars. And if you don't make a single mistake, you get three stars. The two-star rating encompasses everything from 1% success to 99% success. Everything between 1% and 99% is two stars. <laughs> yeah, you, are, you, are you seeing the problem here? Was this game made by game reviewers? Oh. <laughs> okay, e- even more. Let's go on beyond that. Oh, let's, God. Say that you, let's say that you do just not touch the controller for the whole thing and you get one star and you fail every step of it. You, yeah. Yeah, don't slice the bread, you don't grate your cheese, you burn your sandwich... The whole like reward at the end of each um, each recipe you do is that it lets you do like a little Instagram photo thing of like take photo of your food you made and make a selfie with it. First of all, I feel like there might be a brand deal with Instagram going on in this game because Cookin' Mama repeatedly references Instagram by name. Like specifically Instagram. She'll be like, do it for the gram. You're Insta famous. Like she keeps oh. dropping like references to Instagram and oh. then doing Fortnite dances. Uh, what? She, she does Fortnite dances now. She does oh, Fortnite this is dances desperate. when you do a good recipe. This sounds desperate. I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm sold. <laughs> Please uh, tell me more about how Cooking Mom is selling out. <laughs> So the the most fun I had with this game was uh, uh, sorry I didn't even get to the thing. Um, no matter how poorly you do, you always get the same picture of the the finished meal. You still get the same perfect finished meal, oh, even if you fail every step of the oh, recipe. Right. You you don't grate your cheese, you don't slice your bread, you burn your your toast. You you still get a perfect looking sandwich at the end. So like. There's not even a visual reward of, I got three stars. My sandwich looks slightly nicer than it would have done otherwise. I can take take a selfie and go, look at how nice my sandwich turned out because I got three stars. Like, I'm not even opposed to not gating progression. Like, sure, if someone fails, let them try a different recipe. That's fine. But at least let my three star sandwich look better than that one star sandwich if I'm if you're going to make a big deal of me taking a selfie of it that's amazing okay then oh. you get on top of stars you get likes mm-hmm. which i think are like a percentage ranking of how you did the game doesn't pay attention it doesn't remember this beyond the point that you pr- see i saw i had 70 likes i pressed a it's forgotten i was twitch streaming this the other night and someone in the twitch chat was like hey a way to make progression use those likes to buy your cosmetics. The better you do, the faster you can buy cosmetics. Because you're an influencer. Yeah, you've thought about this game more than the developers did. That would have been a way to take your progression and go, you did well, use your influence to buy a new apron. That's more thought than the developers put in. Ah. Also, I don't think this is Cookin' Mama, the, the character. I think she's been replaced. Because Cookin' Mama was always a very, like, 
she was always a very quiet, gentle uh, soul. She she would always like dole out praise as and when it was appropriate. Yeah. And and if you if you faltered, you could leave it to Mama, and she and there would there would only be one set of footprints in the sand. <laughs> exactly. Uh, this version of Mama, first of all, uh, I don't know who directed this voice actress, but like. Her intonation, where she's putting like the, the the emphasis in lines, is very odd. It's not how sentences are meant to be structured. She also talks constantly, and I mean constantly. Um, within the first like ten minutes I played this game, she told me like four or five times she was hungry. Even if you're failing steps and you're barely scraping through levels, she'll be like. You're the best, better than Mama. You should have your own game. Wow, better than Mama. Yeah, these aren't things you're told for, like, doing really well. It's you competently completed the level, right. better than Mama. Okay, so so what we're looking at here is a very <laughs> low bar for success in a culinary sense. Um, someone who clearly isn't Mama, who doesn't understand cooking in any way, shape, or form, and... Complains constantly that she is hungry. So I, it sounds just like a scam for someone to get free food. <laughs> it sounds like someone like clubbed Mama, like locked her up in the in the larder because she's a cooking Mama. She'd have a larder with all the pickles in it. Lock her up in there, like like slap on the 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 little handkerchief and everything. And then they're just like, I'm hungry. Chop those fucking potatoes. <laughs> I mean, that is the feel of it. Um, I, I think the one that, that hit it home fo most for me was one of the really early uh, recipes where you're smashing up a brand of, like, Cookin' Mama brand Doritos with a hammer <laughs> to make, like, a crispy... To make a, you're trying to make a crispy coating for some chicken wings or something. And every time you swing the hammer down, Mama says one of three sentences. <laughs> and you spend, like, a minute hammering this bag of food while she just keeps going, like... You're the best. That's amazing. Good work. You're amazing. Good work. You're the best. Oh. That's probably what she was repeating to herself as she kept bringing down the hammer on Mama's head. <laughs> oh. I love this idea. It sort of reminds me of uh, finishing combat encounters in Final Fantasy VII Remake. <laughs> Oh, 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 those comparable experiences, huh, comrade? Uh, yeah, I think that's about it for yeah. Cooking Mama. I, I will finish up by just saying there's a vegetarian mode. That's a nice thought that they put that effort in. The mini games in multiplayer are god awful. The only one that was even half amusing was one where you're trying to smash a garlic clove that's dancing around a chopping board. That was conceptually amusing. And the most fun I had was plating up a plate of mochi where I was like, mm, making like a physically impossible staircase out of them. And then I photographed it with a neon filter so it looked like a weird space snake. That's good. That was the only fun I had in that game. That's good. Taking, taking a photo of the food-based space snake. Oh, there you go. Don't. Don't. Cooking Mama's not... It's No, it's not so bad. It's good. It's just bad. Yeah. I mean, it, it also... It's, I mean, you know, I don't want to, like, assume anything about the development. It sounds like this was a hastily put together thing with, you know, perhaps not the budget to do <laughs> anything yeah. more. Like, it, when you say that there's, like, only four actions, that just says to me that 
maybe they really didn't get to do anything with it because no creative team capable of programming in anything of that nature is going to think that's fine. Yeah, no, I'm I'm sure it's a case of the money wasn't there or some yeah. poor management decision happened. But it's just a disaster to see. Yeah. I mean, and to see the product come to release, that's yeah. yeah, a shame. The, the, the fact that, like, it, it got printed onto cartridges in this shake state is frankly shocking. It's shocking, yeah. 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 So, Comrade, you mentioned that Final Fantasy VII remake. Y- yeah, I caved. How, how are you doing with that? I caved. Yeah. Um, after the conversation we had last week about it, I let a couple of days pass. This is sort of percolating in my brain, and I decided to dive in. I bought the game on Friday night, or on Thursday night, knowing that I would have, you know, a bunch of stuff to do on Friday. And so at the end of me being done with all of the stuff I had to do on Friday, it should theoretically be good to go. It was not done installing. Oh, did, did, didn't I warn you about the, the hour-long install you had to do? Oh, no, the hour-long install wasn't the issue. It was the download. Oh, oh, were you still downloading it? So Yeah, I'm still downloading it. So, I, and, and, you know, it wouldn't have been an issue if I had, like thought, oh, I should maybe relocate the PlayStation 4 to the Ethernet. Um, I don't think that's even the problem you're having, Comrade. Um, Sony have actively slowed down uh, considerably their download speeds during the whole virus oh. situation. Um, as, as an attempt to go, hey, we're helping, we're making sure more internet's available for remote workers. I just want to say, right, to people who are like, oh, I put this podcast on to escape it. So like, we can't fucking get away from it. Ever. Yeah. You can't even download Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah, I like, I'm, I, I, yeah, well, frankly, it's the only reason I'm able to play the damn game. So, yeah, you know, yeah, take that. Uh, but yeah, so I, but at the same time, you know, by the time I got to it, it had like 15 hours left on the download. <laughs> uh, but the, you know, the play it now portion is good to go. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'll just get started. And, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure there's no way. Can I make a can I make a guess at how much of the game was available? Oh, oh do. I, I want to believe that it was less than the demo portion. I want to believe it was just the start menu. No, it, it was the demo portion. Was it the demo? It was, was the it the demo. demo? Yeah. Yeah. Final Fantasy XV, which I re-downloaded this week, does just say it's available at the menu and, like, oh. at one little arena where you can hit some goblins. Well, see, that's that's what I was remembering, is I remember 15 doing that, where it's like, you can you can beat some stuff up, but you can't start the actual game. I did a whole Jimquisition on this. I think I called it the something like the Play Now Promise or something. Yeah. Um, how they broke the, the Play Now Promise. Like, at the beginning of this generation, they talked so much about how you can play the games as they download, and that mm-hmm. turned out to be complete shit. Yep. Yep, at time and again, that has proven to just not be the reality at all. There have been some games like that. Not many, but some. So, I wanted to take the approach that you uh, taken with it, uh, Laura, where you're playing it with your partner. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and so that was what has, has gone on. But you see, my... My wife sleeps. Yes. And that's a bit of a problem. So She's a, she's a functioning adult. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it doesn't sound considerate. It's, you know, it's been a struggle. And so after Saturday, you know, spending most of the day making decent progress, not a ton, but decent yeah. progress, I am now, like, still in the Sector 7 slums. And, yeah. And, and I still have, you know, 
uh, a lot I want to do, and it's 10 o'clock at night, and my wife's going to bed, and I haven't really kind of gotten the handle of the combat controls yet, so that's fine. Uh, and, and there is that, you know, nice, convenient loop in the uh, abandoned factory, mm, yeah. where you can run in a circle, sort of, and hit three rooms of enemies over and over again. And very rarely are you too fast to not always have enemies populating the room. It does happen, but it's not yeah. It's not that bad. And so uh, the next morning when we started playing again, Cloud was level 23. Nice. <laughs> oh, gosh. And, and all every material that I had that wasn't a stat <laughs> increase... <laughs> Or revive was maxed. Well, I'll say this, Conrad. Um, you can later get some materia that deliberately debuff your character. Like, deliberate make me weaker, give me more challenge materia. And I may need to do that on some level because, for at least for a while, getting some of the uh, battle intel has been difficult because I'm taking out enemies well before I could stagger or even in some cases pressure them to any degree speaking of that leveling up all that material is a f very good for like long-term intel stuff yeah mm. so like especially like the magic material is is well worth doing yeah so since we last talked about this um i have made it to like pretty much the end of the game i've I'm a few hours past the point of no return, where it's like, you know, when you do this, you're not going to be able to go back and do your side quests anymore. And I will say, I agree with what you were saying last week, Jim, that I think there is definitely a point you reach where the foreshadowing becomes more clear about the fact that, like, the nature of what that game is. And honestly, I... Now that more of that has started to, to, to pop up and I've had some time to be, like, aware of what's coming, I'm personally like kind i'm excited to see where the end of that game goes now mm -hmm. um i will say i am i'm playing it through with my partner and she is a very 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 big fan of the original final fantasy 7 and i know she is a lot less excited about where it is going right now because knowing where it's going she feels a little like the game's going mm -hmm, you want that do you ha 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 which is like I I can I can understand that, mm -hmm. yeah. but I I am still I'm still enjoying every second of this game. There is there hasn't been a moment of it I haven't enjoyed yet. I I I've been loving doing all the side quests. Um, I love so many of the the characterizations of these later game characters have been fantastic. I I I am excited for where it's going, and I am having a great time with it still. Yeah, yeah. I I'm. I love all the characters. Yeah. I think Eris really has benefited a lot from A, having just more conversation and B, yes. having a voice actress to convey emotion. Um, yeah. Because, and this is something that uh, my, my wife observed, in the original game, she just sort of came off as naive. 
to a degree yeah. that she does not hear. She, she's aware of what's going on in the world. She's just hopeful. Yeah. And that's a huge distinction. She's she's optimistic, but she knows she's optimistic. She knows the reality of what's going on and chooses to believe that things could turn out well still. Right. As opposed to being unaware of the realities of things. Yeah. So I, I'm loving that aspect of it. The combat stuff i like i'm still working on it right and yeah. i just i just got to the point now where i have three characters in my party again yeah you know uh i uh, i finished up the honeybee in and and walmart <gasps> oh, uh the honeybee in is so it's, it's amazing it's so fabulous it's why i hope that going forward with the new you know when new chapters come out new you know new games they st- you know, make sure that they do key moments in the game, but done in their style again. Because things like Yuffie's storyline with Don Corneo yeah. mm. and Barrett in a sailor suit, like they need to hit those things in the future games still, no matter what they do with the franchise or, or you know, this remake. That's the thing is I'm going to be really disappointed if we don't get to see that level of fabulous love and attention paid to some 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 specific moments. I want to see Hojo on the beach in his lab coat yeah. surrounded by women. <laughs> so, but the, uh, something I've uh, really has uh, been brought to my attention through playing this is how little I remember Final Fantasy VII in reality. Well, to be fair, a lot of what is here was not in Final Fantasy VII. No, I I, I totally totally get I know that. It, I, yeah, but there's uh, like there are it, it it is so interesting coming at this with such a long period of time since having played it. And to be fair, I think you know I've quite certainly played this content in Final Fantasy VII more than anything else yeah. that that game has to offer. Because I've started to play Final Fantasy VII and made it out of Midgar maybe half a dozen times or more. Yeah. Over the course of time. But, uh, like, you know, major things stick out in my memory. Mm. And, you know, things like the Don Corneo confrontation and how beat by beat, line for line, faithful, I remember this as presented being in that. Yeah, they they do a fantastic job of, even if it's not actually what happened, capturing the feel of how you remember those scenes. Right. Like, they've nailed that. Right. So, it, uh, uh, on the uh, flip side of that, yeah, I'm, I'm constantly sort of questioning, was that in there? You know, there, there's some things like, there's, I mean, there's a boss fight that, you know, it's like, oh, okay, well. This character wasn't around. <laughs> I know them. That didn't happen. But then there are, are things like the Reno and Rude encounters uh, that, yeah, I, you know, parts of this were exactly as they were, but, but other bits I'm not quite clear on. And, and that's kind of been enjoyable in its own right, not yeah. really being clear on what's changed. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's been fun. And that's 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 the thing that I was enjoying so much in the early sections was this sort of feeling of it's an it's a slightly new spin on scene and things that I remember really well mixed in with new stuff. Yeah. And I was very much enjoying that. Um 
in, in the last week since we last talked about it, I've I, I've had a couple of other thoughts about it. Um, you, you were mentioning about characters um coming off better in this version than they did in the original. And you mentioned Eris. Um, I think Cloud really benefits from his characterization here, and this is a this this is something I've been trying to like put my finger on. Is it because he used to sound really really whiny and? Well, this is. <laughs> Not even the whininess. It's in the original. He came off as just stoic to the point of disinterest. Like there was just like nothing really to him other than I am the straight man. And it's been really nice to see like, I feel like the way they've played him here is much more socially anxious, mm-hmm. not not entirely sure how to open up to people, so he does his big serious face because it's easier than trying to work out how to people. And that's much better characterization, you know, and, and establishing character traits for yeah. who we know Cloud to be. Yes. And look, ultimately. Exactly. And it, it does a much better job of things like um, justifying why this person would end up joining the team as not just a paid mercenary but someone who's with the team you know it Mm -hmm. it gives you this sense that it's that they do a much better job of breadcrumbing in that like hey he's not just the stern face he's putting on there is more to that that's where i divert not because i disagree with with what the story was going for but he is so flat like he's just so flat throughout it and i just couldn't the, I I love every character in the remake and the way they were done, except Cloud, who I actually personally believe had more personality in the original than this one. That is that is interesting. There was a if you go back and play, like I, I played the original last year, and in that they, there's a lot more of a braggadocious thing to him, which comes out about once or twice in the remake with some lines where he's basically, you know, being told he's awesome for some reason, he just tacitly acknowledges, like, I know. Um, but he is so flat compared to someone in the in the original, and the localization doesn't help, It's it was notoriously not great. But in the original, he's, like, more laid back, more callous at first before he warms up. Um, and it, to me, it felt more clear in that one that he was trying to put on this attitude that he doesn't care about anything. That's... That's 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 interesting because like I I guess my read was always the callousness never was interesting to me like it it existed but I was always like okay you just don't like anyone cool sure fine you think you're the best fine whatever it, it felt very to me and maybe part of this was the localization of the writing but it he always felt it always felt very stark that suddenly it's like okay I I'm with you now it, it never felt. I felt like they did a better job of gradually making that curve here. Right. In in ways that I enjoyed. It might just be the way I, I view Cloud as a character over the years, because I, I felt yeah. for a while that over the decades, people have confused Squall with Cloud in terms of personality. <laughs> yeah. And think they're the, the one and the same. When if you actually go back to play those games, they are different. Um, but as time's gone on, people view Cloud as moody. Squall is a lot whinier. Yes. I won't deny that. Yeah, uh. so yeah, over time, people like think Cloud is moody sag pants. <laughs> when he's, you play the original, he's actually not very moody at all. Yeah. Uh, other things very quickly. I, I'm still so glad that like, at, at least where I'm up to right before the end of the game, they've not backed down from, you know, 
hey, your group of heroes are a bunch of eco-terrorists that basically blew up power plants because the world is dying. It's been nice that they've not, you know, felt the need to tone that back. Oh, Barrett is more anti-corporate in this. Oh, God, yeah. It's He's... fantastic. Yeah. There's a scene I missed because Justin took a different route to me because I didn't know they put the elevator back in. I was going to say, was this stairs versus elevator? I thought it was just the stairs. Fucking hell. Fuck. Oh, so which did you take? Did you do the stairs or the I elevator? Took the fucking stairs. I didn't know. The stairs know the... are amazing. I loved the stairs. It was simultaneously the best and worst thing a Square Enix <laughs> game has ever pulled. Because I went through the five stages of grief and Justin catalogued them. Because <laughs> uh, seriously, as my emotion was showing, I'm starting yelling at this game. I'm like, fuck off, game. I'm on floor 39. And he's like, that's anger. <laughs> and of course, by the end of it, it is acceptance, where I'm like, I'm vegetative in the chair with my hand on the analog stick. Just, I understand this is life now. I get it. I will say, anyone who's planning to play, play this game, your choices, as I understand them, with chairs, if you, if you get a choice of stairs versus elevator, stairs is... Watch some people struggle realising that 50 floors is further than they thought it was versus speech about anti-capitalism in the elevator. Yes, and and Justin went to, for the elevator. I woke up one morning and he's playing it and then I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, there's an elevator! And um, then Tifa brings up that point that going in the Shinra building, she's seeing just human beings in there, just people working. Yeah. Which is a, a good point, that people working in a corporation are not necessarily the corporation and then barrett talks about complicity and people choosing to come and work for certain things and it's it's like two different points being made because not everyone working for shinra would choose to work for shinra they got no other option but then the higher up those floors you go the more complicit people are well indeed really good stuff and barrett is just so fired up about it that i love it it's nice to see a video game like not feel the need to do the whataboutism of, well, here's the other side. Uh, you know, I wish we could get that on the news. Wouldn't that be nice if our news could do that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's basically like, you know, Avalanche have done questionable things. Yeah. And also Shinra is the worst. Yeah, it's like, hey, sometimes, sometimes you have to go to really drastic steps to change the world, and the world sometimes does need changing, and... You know, there are horrible corporations. But also, you do have to live with the consequences of, you know, what happens to people after you make a drastic choice to try and save the world. God damn, that game's political. What do you want about, Jim? It's Big Swordsman hits Long Hair Man. God damn. Fucking good game. I I love the remake. I I, I still love the remake. I I have enjoyed every minute of it. Um, I, I haven't finished it yet, purely because, again, this is the first time in ages that me and um, my fiancé have played a game through, like, together the whole way through, and, like, just whenever we are free at the same time. So we'll finish it off probably on Saturday. I'm loving it. I My, my, my feelings about where it ends are definitely feeling more on the optimistic and intrigued side at this point, but I'm living with someone who is, yeah, understandably feeling like the game is like, hmm, you you thought you wanted something? No, not, mm, no. I'm kind of hoping I can get through most of it this week, too. I, uh... My power supply, I think it's the power supply on my PC, like, bit it yesterday. Ouch. So... I've ordered a replacement. It'll get here hopefully tomorrow, and then I can find out whether I can actually do anything other than hang out in my living room and play Final Fantasy VII Remake, 
which, you know, timing could be worse, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm loving it too. I'm really determined to, like, progress through it and, and see where this goes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's fun. On, on the note of Final Fantasy, Jim, you briefly mentioned you re-downloaded uh, 15. 15, innit? Because I played Final Fantasy VII Remake and I liked it. And then I thought I'd play the other one as, uh, again as well. Because I yeah. played and finished that one when it first came out and haven't touched it since. So I haven't seen all the changes that were made to it over time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So far, I think I've just seen some more clips from the film they brought out. Here are some cutscenes from King's Glaive that we sliced in because they were kind of important. Because people were not fucking buying that film. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so that's been it so far, what I've observed. I'm doing New Game Plus, Mm. which has trivialised most of it um, because you get to keep, like, all of your stuff. And, yeah. So it's, it's actually, it's been a breeze. Uh, so far, I've been really tempted to go back to it, like when when we finish seven, yeah. because we've been having such a good time with seven. It's like, oh yeah, Jane's never never played fifteen. We should probably do that. I was I was interested because Justin said he preferred the combat in fifteen to seven remake. So I was curious to think if my playing seven remake, which I thought had, is Square Enix like coming close to perfecting what it's been trying to do for like ten years now, hmm. um, they finally managed to have this sort of melding of action and and traditional rpg stuff um i didn't feel they were quite there with even though i loved uh, 15 a lot yeah. i didn't think they were quite there completely agreed i still i still agree with that now having gone back to it it still doesn't feel quite quite rounded out the way uh, just a little too messy still yeah i love 15 as a as an action rpg but i prefer what square enix has done with seven and i agree with you i think I think what they've done with Seven should be their direction. Like, this yes. is the thing they've nailed. Like, you have made a great mechanic here. I would love if you made RPGs that controlled like this. Yeah, yeah. they don't need to reinvent much more now. I think we're seeing that between 15 and this as well, is we're seeing them... I think they know they're onto something. They're, they're honing in on it. And are refining it now, yeah. 15 got the action right, and they were like, okay, well, we'll use 7 to work out how to, like, slide that in there, and uh uh-huh, well, we're getting there. They're refining what works. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, like, it's still, it's still an interesting game, especially for someone like me who notoriously has little patience for a game that wastes your time. Mm. Even playing it a second time, I am still remarkably tolerant of the driving. There is something really nice about just driving around that world with your boy band full they, of, yeah. uh, your car full of boy band boys. They managed to give it this this pleasant atmosphere to where it's okay. You know what it reminded me of at times? Like, I think back on it the same way I enjoy running over a new hill I've never been in in Breath of the Wild and being like, Oh, yeah, I can just sort of, I'm going for a nice run and there's all these new views I'm going past in this beautiful world. Like, I kind of have that feel driving around 15's world. Yeah, and they they just presented it really well. Yeah. Um, of course, I've not run out of fuel on the in the middle of the road or anything. Um, but then I was so terrified of Square Enix doing awful Square Enix shit that I made sure to never make that mistake ever, and I never will in that game. <laughs> I did it once in Deadly Premonition. That was fucking enough for me. So, yeah, I... I I love its atmosphere. It, it's they did really well at making these affable characters that you want to hang out with, uh, and you can tell they've gone and they went so far out of their way to 
make this feel like a road trip yeah rather than a, a big even though a lot of big sweeping save the world adventure happens at its heart it's still very humble and very personal yeah it's it's four friends going on an adventure together yeah exactly and it's just that's a lot of fun it's and it's still got one of my favorite openings to a game ever hmm. um which is just pushing the car with stand by me playing i'm i'm a sucker for licensed music used well and it was so surprising in a final fantasy game that suddenly licensed music like familiar music is playing on this car radio that's being pushed and it was just such a down-to-earth scene and very memorable um for being so quiet and, and unassuming is just four lads trying to get their busted car while, you know, a very apropos for what they were going for song plays. And I think that's sometimes that's uh, what a game needs most because that set the tone. I think that's what helps make the rest of it such a pleasant feeling game is, is that immediately set the tone and expectations for it. If I recall correctly, it was the, the first Final Fantasy game I truly, truly really loved in a long time. A long, long time. It was one of the first in a long time that I think people pretty unanimously could agree it was a good direction for the series. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, it's It was enjoyable coming back. I haven't played any new games at all this week. Um, uh, Final Fantasy VII. It's what, Final Fantasy VII Remake is one of those games where if you play that exclusively, once you're finished, you end up bereft. <laughs> of things to do yeah because you get so into it and then it's done and you're like oh that was my entire that was the that was the locus of my entire attention and now it's gone yeah i've been playing something new this week yeah uh i i've been playing a dating sim called later daters so it's a dating sim set in an old folks home and it's really it's really quite sweet and lovely um so it's it's a really inclusive game in terms of the kind of characters it's uh, portraying. You've got a lot of non-white characters, disabled characters, queer characters. Uh, polyamory is totally a thing that is open to you in this game. And yeah, it it, it is just this nice little dating sim. Here's the thing. Here's the, the main... T- it's a dating sim. You know sort of what to expect. You have your nice conversations with people, see who you're going to pursue, whatnot. The thing that really struck me about this game was playing through it, I've realised how rare it is in any kind of media, but particularly video games, to see older, queer people getting to be happy and in love. Yeah, I mean, the game industry barely wants you to look at just old people in general. Yeah, old people or queer people, no, no, thank you. It's, yeah, yeah it, it's really charmingly written, but like that, honestly, that's my main takeaway about it right now is there's something really wholesome and nice about getting to see people like me live to be old and still be loved in a piece of media. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really enjoying the tone of it. Um, it, It's got a lot of very different kinds of old people and it's it's made sure not to fall into a lot of the traps of like, ah, oh, they're all boring and can have no fun anymore. It's like, they're, they're, they're definitely written as older people, but they they definitely, you know, ha- have some, some harder edges to them. <laughs> Like, aha, here is here is the person in the old folks' home who's using his room to grow weed. I'm going to make friends with him. I mean, that's the first one you make friends with. That's the first one you make friends with, obviously. Um, but yeah, not much to say about that yet, other than just, I've started playing it and it's really wholesome and it's just nice to play a game where I can be like, yes, gay old people exist. 
That's nice. The the game should have been called Yes, Gay Old People. <laughs> um, what about you, Comrade? You've been playing anything else this week? Not really. I mean, uh, my time at Porsche. Oh, for God's sake! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is it? I yeah, I was playing my time at Porsche, and that continues to be more of that. It's it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. I'm, you continuing to potter around? I am pottering around and building things, and, you know, I have, like, two two game saves going, one for the stream and one for me, and, of course, now I've completely eclipsed where I am on the stream because I, you know, only play so X hours of that a day, and yeah. then, yeah. But, you know, um, I need to get back to finishing Resident Evil 2, but the computer's down, so, you know, until until that's fixed... Yeah, it's just going to be Final Fantasy VII Remake all the way down. Oh, no, I put in Fallout 4 yesterday. Oh, yeah. Because I wanted to play something, but I wasn't at a point that I could play any Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oh, shit. What? Sorry, I just completely forgot that I played Fallout 76 Wastelanders. Sorry, carry on. (laughs) That's how memorable it was. Isn't it amazing how we're all forgetting that we're playing Fallout Yeah, apparently so. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and it's it's been a really long time since I played Fallout 4. Mm. And so I loaded up my game. And I was at the, the the drive-in, and that's not how I left it. I know it's not how I left it, because I couldn't have put all of those stacks of buses. Like, they updated the game at some point and completely <laughs> changed the way the settlements functioned or something. And now there's a big wall that the settlers built because the settlement... Re- I don't know what happened, but it's weird. And so I spent, like, two hours just sort of exploring the environment that they added a bunker underneath it at some point don't know when wasn't there last time i played (laughs) wow and the weirdest part is i still had an update i was downloading that i mean so everything could be different again now the next time i start playing so what you're saying is you essentially had a brand new fallout game to play fallout game to play yeah how's fallout 5 how's fallout 5 comrade it's fine i mean it feels a lot like fallout 4 just nothing's where you expected it to be yeah not a lot of mechanical changes um it's funny because I was looking for mechanics that I remembered from Fallout 4 that had been removed, or from Fallout 3 that had been removed in Fallout 4, and I was trying to figure out how to do them. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so, yeah, it was a confusing, bewildering, but, but you know, not unenjoyable few hours that I spent with Fallout 4 again. But uh, I might start it all over again now that so much has changed. Although the, you know, Collector's Edition guidebook that i have over here is apparently completely fucking useless now (laughs) (laughs) oh goodness yeah anyway well how's how is wastelanders jim uh is fallout 76 good yet Mm, well you can basically play it now in such a way that you can pretend you're playing an actual fallout game not a great one. Yeah. A mediocre fallout game a good but not perfect one but uh yeah just a sort of just oh this is yeah yeah i mean there are quests now and npcs and and stuff like that there are areas that are basically they're like what you see in mmos now like you'll see a closed door of a bar and only you can go in it so other players can't go in it and stuff like that Uh, only you and like whoever you're specifically grouped with and then you know there are npcs in there that will give you quests and stuff still buggy as shit i mean the npcs haven't helped that within five minutes of of starting the game up yesterday i see a a trader who is stuck on a rock and it's just flipping out there stuck on the rock pretty much everything i didn't like about fallout 76 is still in there but now there's some s- stories that you can be involved in 
Um, just, you know, run-of-the-mill Fallout shit is now in it. So they put the Fallout in the Fallout, and it's fine. But as I said last year, going back to what Bethesda does after something like The Outer Worlds does make me feel... Mm, I mean, if, if we're being diplomatic, uh, physically and to that point, violently sick. So that's been difficult to navigate while playing Fallout 76 colon Wastelanders is I'm over what they do as a developer, Bethesda. I'm so over it now. And, and there you go. And, and Fallout 76 is part of the reason for that, because once they stripped the fallout from it, they laid Bethesda's design bare for all to see. It was like seeing, you know, the man behind the curtain, and now I can't unsee that. So I'm just steeped in in this shit world that is ugly, and the characters animate like they're those laughing sailors you get at the pier. Don't like it. Oh, no. You know what the ones I mean where you put a coin in? Yeah. It's like an animatronic sailor in a box. I like to pretend to be those sometimes. I'll, I'll like, I'll sit on a chair and I'll grab the bottom of the chair with my hands and then I'll just go back and forth going, <laughs> You can't see what I'm doing, but I swear it's hilarious. It sounds fantastic. Conrad would laugh because I've still got the hair. <laughs> Quarantine has led to me getting the hair. I did I did uh, see Jim in the flesh yesterday evening, and he has hair. And, you know, it was, it, it's interesting because, you know, you get so used to seeing somebody a certain way that you don't see them for a while, and they've physically changed in some fashion. And Jim started getting onto a rant, and I hadn't really noticed the hair yet, but then all of a sudden, like, the hair seemed to take on a life of its own. <laughs> It sort of starts to stretch out in various directions from his head without any, like, involvement from his hands or anything. Basically like a WWE 2K20 character. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh... It was it was wild. It was wild. And then he started seeming more like the crazed man. I, I offered to trim his hair. <laughs> I've got, like, you know, Danny DeVito deeply into Always Sunny hair yeah like yeah when he became a real like piece of shit and was you know burping beer on himself it comes out like basically i've never had good hair Mm. ever the only good hair i ever had was when most of it was gone baldness has been a godsend to me not not to to bring it back to final fantasy 7 remake don corneo has some real danny devito energy yeah i love don corneo the facial expression oh oh, it was it was him it's like him and mel brooks together like the mouth Mm. is so mel brooks Mm. but the shuffling around is very devito oh it's delightful yeah (sighs) God, that game's good. It's such a good game, right? Yeah. God. Did anything else happen this week? GameStop's trying to reopen. Yeah. yeah. GameStop's trying to reopen and... They're trying to get people killed. Like, I'm not going to get off my horse on that one. Yeah. No, they are trying you? to get people killed. I mean, yeah. It was a real light week on news. There was a guidebook for Animal Crossing that says that two characters who everyone has been assuming are gay because they act very much like they're in love and they call each other their partners a, gu- a guidebook says they're business partners and now everyone's like mm, they clearly can't be both it's going to be one kind and that has not stopped the internet going yeah but they're clearly cute gay boyfriends so i'm gonna i'm gonna that happened i'm gonna continue talking about how much these this 
Chipmunk and this chameleon clearly love each other. I very much enjoy them. Yeah, you know what? There's no reason you can't, you know, no, anybody can't claim them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you've seen this this punk chameleon, uh, their, na- their name is Flick uh, from Animal Crossing New Horizons. <laughs> yeah. They dress like a, they dress like a real heckin' twink and it's wonderful i'm like i love you 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 punk gay chameleon they are uh-huh. just friends and harley quinn and poison ivy are just friends and everyone's just friends everyone's just friends elton john and david furnish are very good friends i've been trying to work out like if they meant business partners and not romantic partners what kind of business operates where one person in the business live streams fishing tournaments and the other makes models of insects, and that's one one business that they have together. I mean, who knows? <laughs> they, they, you know what? They could have a uh, um, like a YouTube type brand thing. They're content creators operating. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe. I, I just the the way they talk about each other, and I'm like, You're not... also, I've seen people going like, clearly they're not gay. It's a Nintendo game. They wouldn't put gay people in there. Oh no, no. There is a there is a character. You can have conversations in this game about a fictional anime in which a princess is in love with another princess. There are gays in Animal Crossing. Don't take away my chipmunk chameleon love. There are only very good friends in Animal Crossing. <laughs> Very good friends. Very good friends. There's no such thing as gay. I just happen to be very good friends with many, many penises. <laughs> uh, I, I think, honestly, that was about it this I think week. that's about it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we done an hour, we done an hour. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah. 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 Get him, boys. Um, Laura, <laughs> could you tell the boys how to get your content on the internet, please? <laughs> My content brings all the boys to the yard and such. Ah. Uh, you can find everything I do at Laura K Buzz on all the places on the internet. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. If you can chuck me a dollar or more a month there, it really does help me to keep doing this as a full-time job. Uh, LauraKBuzz.com. I post links to everything there that I publish, be it written articles, freelance features, podcasts, videos. You can find a link there to my Polygon review of Cooking Mama Cookstar. Oh, it's scathing. Um, you can find me on Twitch Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 10pm UK, 5pm Eastern, 2pm Pacific. Um, the next couple of streams I do are probably going to be uh, later daters. I'm going to be I'm going to be dating some old people as an old person for a couple of streams. Other than that, I've got books. There's uh, Uncomfortable Labels, which is about being gay and trans and on the autism spectrum. That is out now, where books are sold, or as an audiobook on laurakbuzzstore.com. Uh, there is also Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, which is a book of silly and serious uh, video game character butt reviews. That has been delayed, unfortunately, to February 4th, 2021, because we can't have anything nice this year. The virus has taken everything, just taken everything. Um, Other than that, I do podcasts. There's Pixel Squirt, where I talk about video game character pornography. There is um, Queer and Pleasant Strangers, where I talk about things that aren't exclusively video games. And there is Dice Funk, which is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. I'm on seasons three, four, five, six, and soon season seven. They're all self-contained stories, so you can jump into whichever season you fancy. Uh, season three is 
a good one to start on, maybe? It's about a magical barrier town that people can't escape and no one knows why. Or season four, which is about capitalism, which you also can't escape. Yeah, or season five, which is about uh, people having an adventure in space and maybe talking about colonialism. That's a good one. Um, you know who's on some of those seasons? Uh, I think four, five, six, and seven. Is that right? Five, six, and seven. Five, and, five six, and seven. I lose track of numbers. Uh, Comrade. Comrade's on Dice Funk. I am. I am on Dice Funk. Uh, you can also locate me on Twitter at Conrad Zimmerman. You can watch me on Twitch when I get my computer running again. Uh, I stream most weekdays starting at uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, uh, which I guess is 7 p.m. UK time. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think yeah, that's yeah, right. that's yeah, right. Yeah, 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 go me. Right now, I'm mostly streaming my time at Porsche, but I mix it up on the off days with uh, some roguelike stuff or just weird things that I find. Uh, let's see, what else? You can normally buy buttons that I make with all sorts of anti-capitalist propaganda uh, emblazoned on them. The shops, if you go there right now, the shop's on vacation while I fix my computer, but uh, hopefully back up next week and get all that at pinfultruth.com. You can buy audiobooks that I've recorded at uh, conradreads.com, and you can hear me on some other podcasts, uh, the aforementioned Dice Funk. You can hear me on the spinoff Doctors uh, with Jim, where we talk about video game-based movies. We'll have a Sonic episode pretty soon. Uh, you can hear me on Boston's Favorite Son, which uh, we may have an episode one day. I'm, I'm in talks with Jonathan. Okay. He may be up to do one imminently. Okay. All right. Uh, then, yeah, just keep me in, in the loop on Absolutely. that. Absolutely very least i can still record a podcast uh you can also hear me uh i think that's it actually oh uh, of horse bojack horseman fan cast which also uh has been on hiatus for a while hopefully we get to do more of that soon and i think that's it uh except jim has this patreon you fool the sequence goes we mention something we do with the other person so we can hand it off you, you fool, you forgot of of horse. I did. And had to put it last, and I'm not on of horse. Well, I know. We should fix that, though. We got to get you on an episode once. Uh... I need to watch the new season. Oh, well, we're not even. I never got around to it. We're... I still haven't watched the new season. I was actually, I'm planning to wait to oh. watch it so I can watch it along with the podcast. Right. And not have any foreknowledge of what's to happen. But we're only in, like, still season three uh, of the gotcha. show. We've had to stop for so long. But yeah, so there's some good stuff coming up, and we'd love to get you on. But yeah. Awesome. Uh, but you do have that Patreon. I do have that Patreon. I do have that Patreon. And, you know, in these uncertain times, I am, uh, once again, very, very thankful that out of all of the things in my life I've got to worry about, at the very least, things are fairly stable fi financially, which is amazing considering mm -hmm. the, the money pit situations that I've been getting into through no real fault of my own, I want to point out, for m most of it. So there. So no, seriously though, thank thanks for that support and and everything. Um, and you know, as I've said before, no one owes me an explanation, especially in these uncertain times. If if they cannot continue that, you don't owe me an apology. But but it's all gratefully received, as is you know all of the support, listening, watching, sharing, all of that. Really appreciate you. And we we are doing a little bit more. We've started creeping back into doing Twitch. Uh, Twitch TV slash Jimquisition. Once we are relocated, um, we'll just be in such a better position to do it. So we should be able to resume that. Other than that, thank you for listening and uh, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.